Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com golf. Fella. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is Chris Long. You're listening to Missing Curfew. Fella, my man, fellow Fridays continue here as they should. Week one of the football just ended. You took it on the chin. I took it in the beak. You took it in everywhere. You took it hard. You, you took it so hard Not that the it's, eyes. It's, it scared you off gambling, perhaps, I which mean, I don't think you're talking. I knew you were talking from a guy who was upset, and I, I was just trying to support you, but I knew deep down that we can't keep you off the schneid forever. I actually did good in football. It was the tennis that got me. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was. You know, well, you took the Giants, didn't you? Oh, I did. And I won't ever listen to Flowers on the Giants. The Bills was a bad beat. That could fall in the category of just horrendous. Allen played bad. Their D, yeah, you, you know, you you would have thought you would have won that Bills game. Fra- Fellow Friday, bad beats. That's what that was. Fellow Friday, bad beats. But we got our boy, uh, Chris Long, uh, two-time Super Bowl champion, Walter Payton Man of the Year in 2018, and most importantly now, Updog, the host of the Greenlight Podcast, that me and you are both fans of. So longer we've been at Bonnaroo. Yeah, I was going to say, more importantly, yeah. huge music fan, a guy you want to see a concert with, a guy that enjoys life to the fullest. And uh, for those of you who follow him, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners do. Yeah, if you're a football fan, listen to Longer, man. He knows what's up. We, he was a defensive end. Listen to this. I thought you, look, he's got you beat. First rounder, second overall to the St. Louis Rams. He had me beat when he was born in Santa Monica, California. Yeah, and he went to Virginia. Virginia. Um, but uh, didn't even get to it. Guy last couple of weeks ago, I thought he saw some UFOs in the sky. Yeah. Hey, the guy, he's an outdoorsman. I bet you that freaked him right the fuck out. I would freak anybody out. So it's uh, it's a pleasure to have him on our podcast, uh, Missing Curfew Game. We're going to dive into some bets, dive into some football weekend too. We hope you listeners like it, and uh, you're going to hear some good little maybe under or... Yeah, yeah he's, he's it for the boys. He, he, I, we, we talked about this before, if he was a gambler like ourselves, and we found out in this podcast that he is. So uh, Chris Long coming at you, second overall pick, two-time Super Bowl champ, Walter Payton Man of the Year. That's maybe the most impressive thing. Beauty, here he is, Longer, fella. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew. Uh, Updog, friend of the pod, uh, two-time Super Bowl champ, Bonnaroo legend, I think I said it last year when he came out. I'll never forget the fucking overalls and the jack arm. He's <laughs> coming out to the far. Uh, Chris Long, longer. Uh, buddy, it's great to see you. The boys are always fired up to have you on, so thanks, buddy. It's, it's really good to see you guys. And that was a 6 a.m. or if you remember. That was like we saw the sun come up that night. Oh, yeah. That, that next yes, day. We did. Oh, yeah, yeah. we did. <laughs> Your wife always had to come down and get you out of our bus out of the whatever time Yeah, she's like, don't be over there with those hockey boys. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Let your other friends hang out with them. 
I know. And then God forbid I had to sign in St. Louis shortly thereafter. She's probably, oh, oh no. No, I she met, loves you guys. Yeah, yeah. She loves you guys. You I guys met you for Halloween that night. First, that was my first month I was in town. Oh, yeah. Remember I had the um, full Batman costume on right at a wheelhouse. Was <laughs> I hurt or were you hurt? I feel like I was in a boot or something. You were in the boot. You were in the boot. Yeah. That's yeah, why that was I was beginning. I was protecting you, you know, as as much as I could. I was like, hey, my dog. Guy's got a my guy's dog. got a foot boot on here. Hey, it's I, a good bar. I lo I love your studio. I love your setup. I love everything you do with green light. Is that a stuffed raccoon behind you, bro? Is that what you got there? What what do you got there? He <laughs> he prefers taxidermy. Uh, he doesn't like the term stuffed. Okay. But yeah, that was a that was a gal we used to call Nancy, but not anymore. We changed that name. Uh, we what, I don't know if we changed the name to anything new, but yeah, it's a it's a stuffed raccoon. I got the Super Bowl trophies there that I stole from my dad because he made replicas, like thinking these are my Super Bowls. Like he made replicas for his office. And I went at night one time, just scooped those up. Uh, got a gas station booted back here, a bunch of bumper stickers. <laughs> Thanks, Howie. Hey, so when you would, <laughs> I, I use I use the word Nancy for like I used to have a neighbor. Her, her name wasn't Nancy, but I called her a Nancy. I'm like, this girl's a real fucking Nancy. Well, just like okay, painted. We the gotta eyes. stop though, because the. <laughs> The, the the director of my foundation who is tr tremendous nancy hopkins okay. came on a year after the after the raccoon was named and she was like you got to rename the raccoon i was like no problem i thought you were going to be a tougher negotiator it's really good to have you you're going to change the whole thing for us so and she has okay well that's good because my sister-in-law nancy's looking after my kids this weekend while i'm in costa rica so yeah i knew we got to keep nancy's on. you know what we i gotta I, respect I, the I screwed name. it up i screwed up anyways because i think it was karen i would say she's a real karen <laughs> she's a real karen i think i would say longer so how uh, do you miss that there's been a whole karen thing the last four years or something dude <laughs> uh, I, I i don't know man the years are starting to roll together fella the years i hear you bro God. i hear you bro Hey, so so longer. I I had to pull this out for you, brother. This was my last year's Halloween costume that never came in time for Halloween. So I've had it in my closet. No, I was I like, you. I got longer on. So I got the Varsity Blues Billy Bob tarp on. Uh, I want to start right here with you. What's your favorite or best football movie? I I know we talked about Varsity Blues holding up, but what, what would be your go-to? I got them up here on my iPad, but what would be your go-to? Run me through a couple. All right. Well, I would say. You know, obviously, remember the Titans is unbelievable. I don't like remember the Titans. Okay, varsity blues. We said Updog brought up the replacements. Uh, any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. While it's like dizzying, we just did a movie review for it. It's got like a million cuts. It's like you feel like you're gonna have a seizure watching the fucking movie, <laughs> and it's kind of like jumbled together. It's a really intense, deep movie, and it's like for a former football player, it's kind of like it. Like yeah, there's some things that are embellished, but it's kind of like it in some ways. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what my favorite football movie is all time, my man. I want your reaction. My favorite football movie is The Program. Oh, it's a great movie. Eh? It's it's not supposed to be real. It's like <laughs> guys headbutting the car window. You know, the whole thing. Latimer, starting defense, place at the table, <laughs> man. Hey, Kane is able, bro. Kane is able. I, You know, like, I just am really hard on sports movies. I don't know about y'all, but, like, I, you know, having played, you, you, know, you kind of feel like, what the fuck? That doesn't happen, yeah. you know? Yeah. So... Uh, but I do love, uh, you know, uh, The Warrior. That's probably my favorite uh, sports movie. Okay. The Fighting that's a good one. one. The Fighting yeah. One. Yeah, that movie's yeah. unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, that, that's North Dallas guess, 40. Right? North Dallas 40, my dad loves it, raves about it. I don't know if you've seen that one, but supposedly that's a good one. Oh, Rudy. We we, we barely talked about Rudy. Rudy's yeah, Rudy's, well, a, Rudy's, Rudy's a classic. Hey, Rudy, what about Waterboy? I'm a water boy guy. Okay, water boy's fun. Yeah. Water boy's fun. I met Adam Sandler. I told him my charity was called Water Boys, and he was like, oh, cool. Uh, and you know, <laughs> nothing's materialized from that. Uh, but but the fucking, um, there was one other one. There was, oh, Rudy. Yeah, you said yeah, Rudy. Rudy. The problem with Rudy is Rudy's nothing like the guy in the movie. Supposedly Rudy is like just a, like respectfully a train wreck. Like he just, <laughs> he just loves to party. And like he's still in South Bend, and my co-host says when he goes there to like watch Virginia play Notre Dame, you can find him at the same bar, just making you know a couple grand, you know, <laughs> shaking hands, come drinking beers, yeah, getting shit house. So yeah, they didn't put that in the movie. He's like John Daly with Hooters, right? You can still see John Daly <laughs> Hooters. Right? Hey, hey, Big J, yeah, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hooters got some good food. I'll be the first to say, I got some good chicken wings. I agree with you on that one. A uh, longer. Um, 
when you talk about Adam Sandler, The Longest Yard was a sneaky good movie too. The, I know it's a remake, mm-hmm. but that was a sneaky good movie. When you talk yeah, about and the cast is great. There's like a lot of football players in the movie, which is great. Yeah. So I love Longest Yard. I wanted to, I went to Notre Dame for the first time a couple of years ago, and I never went to Notre Dame, but I grew up kind of an Irish fan, and and maybe I went to a, a night game or whatever, but it it was cool before the game. But I don't know, man. I get in there, there's no booze, there's there's no nothing. I'm like, what? Dry community? Dry community longer. I, I, no yeah, respect to the Irish, but I was like, this is not what I want, man. They don't say this doesn't sound very Irish. No. <laughs> um at all it sounds it sounds and i'm irish so i know um it's a real thing uh but yeah like notre dame supposedly is the cleanest stadium like i don't know if you you saw this but like the the urinals are spotless like the whole thing in that way it's cool they got this like state-of-the-art football kind of like heaven kind of place but i'd rather go to like you know lsu to watch a game or something like that i'd rather go to one of these sec uh, country stadiums. I'm di- I'm dying to to get down to an SEC game. Maybe I I know you went to Virginia, but where do they come out to enter Sandman? Is that West Virginia or Virginia Tech? Uh, Virginia Tech, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. I gotta admit, they do a good job with that whole thing. So when they they still played that when you would go back in there and play against them with Virginia. Yeah, well, no, they they just do it at home, like, okay. and they they do it before the dudes run out and like. Blacksburg is like country. It's like just farms and there's nothing there. And Virginia Tech is like, it looks like a military barracks. Like that's what kept me from going there. Like I went to visit and I was like, I look like I'm going to reform school. But, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like when you get out there, the whole town is there. Kind of like an SEC situation. And uh, they start jumping up and down during Enter Sandman and the whole stadium shakes. Like you can feel it. It's nuts. Dude, it, it gives me goosebumps anytime yeah. I see it. It's is, crazy. Is there a place that you recall like when you played that had some sort of vibe like that where you just knew going in like heads up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the pros, like the Superdome, that place looks like it's going to fall over. <laughs> and like you get in there and Saints fans have been drinking since like yesterday. Uh, and it's New Orleans, so they party and they play. I guess it's uh, Yin Yang Twins, like uh, Get Crunk or whatever. Every time they score, and back when Drew Brees was the quarterback, it was like they scored a lot. Yeah. So that song was like I'd be like three in the morning in bed because I can't go to sleep because I drank too much coffee, and I'm just like hearing it in my head. Like when you leave a concert, and the other place is Seattle. Seattle is the loudest place in the NFL. I mean, it is something with the engineering of the stadium, like literally the sound reverberates. And then the third one for me is Kansas City. Yeah. Now, Kansas City is like right there, Arrowhead. But I got to go when my brother was playing and it was like a college stadium, which I love. I hate the new stadiums. Uh, and this place is like, you feel like it's 1987. I know Arrowhead. Looks I good. love that. Yeah. Hey, so it's by, cool. You got to check it off. By the way, while we're on the topics of tough buildings, I listened to your uh, your latest with Jay Cutler. Uh, yeah. and you brought up a couple good questions with him about like you know guys that he he was intimidated by, or maybe other yeah. guys that you know that he hated, and the Philip Rivers yeah. thing. I love that that back and forth. Was there a guy uh, who you would stare down on the line, and he you knew he had his number, or maybe like vice versa? Was there always a guy that you're like, fuck, I got to battle this guy tonight? Yeah, there were a couple different ones because I was in the NFC West. So, like, when I was there, it was Tom Cable, Seattle, zone, physical, like, hit you after the the whistle type guys. Um, San Francisco was, like, gap scheme, downhill, Frank Gore, big-ass O-lineman, Boone, like, Anthony Davis, Ayupati, like, fucking big human beings. And so, like, in our division, it was like a bloodbath. And when we'd play San Francisco, there was a young kid named Anthony Davis from Rutgers. And I got no issue with the guy. It's been 10 years. But, like, we really hated each other. And I think at what I realized after, like, three games was I more hated him. He <laughs> must have said something, but it just stuck in my head. And, uh, you know, you rarely openly talk about another player because I don't believe in bulletin board material. Like, you know, like, I just don't believe in giving it. What's the point, you know? Yeah. But I would openly talk about this guy, and, like, I couldn't wait to play him. And I had some good games against me, and as he got better, you know, like, there were some good battles. There was a guy in Seattle named Breno Giacomini, and he's this, like, huge Italian guy from, like, Long Island, like, way out on the tip. 
unless the tip is like you know somewhere really nice like this guy was like montage he, he was a rock eater dude he wasn't a montage he was at the surf he was at the surf lodge he was at the surf lodge now uh, i don't even know where that is but he wasn't there dude he just fucking he was like uh jacking a car up somewhere like he was a tough guy um but but i used to get after him in the past game but i knew he had these vice grips and like in football you got to get people off you like you could play a block, you can be strong enough, but if you don't have good hands and shed blocks, you're going to end up trying to make a tackle with a 300 pound guy on your back and he's going to drive you to the ground and finish you. And that was Breno Giacomini. And when I tell you he played like through the echo of the whistle, it was like echoes over, he's still playing. And that whole Tom Cable group was like that. So we had our little battles. Hey, Longer, you're, you're an old school guy when you played, and we talk about you know old school hockey here, but old school football, I, I'm only bringing this up because I watched the 30 for 30 on the 85 Bears. Like, when you look at football back then, are you like, holy fuck, or are you like, I would have liked, I could have thrived in that era? Or what's your thoughts on that kind of? It's like a mixed bag because, you know, like it's hard comparing eras, especially with like pass rushers. Yeah. You know, like guys in the 80s were a lot smaller. Um, you know, I think. I don't want to talk out of my ass, but average tackle was definitely under 300 pounds in the eighties. Um, you know, the handwork was different. So like from a pass rush standpoint, you're like, yeah, I get, I could get more buckets back then for sure. But they were throwing the ball less camp was long camp was like three months. It was just like every day, groundhog day, two a days, the whole thing, like live tackle. And they had more free time. So like in the plus column, you know, guys would have jobs in the off season, yes. you know, like dudes also dudes were smoking darts in the fucking <laughs> locker room, which wouldn't have been the worst thing. <laughs> no. Uh, but like, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a give and take, you know, it's like really hard to compare eras. And I, I think also like what I'm always amazed by is how these guys were able to just perform, you know, like how, how did you get out of bed yeah. after, you know, two weeks straight, no days off two a days. Now the collisions were not as, as, you know, powerful because the guys are smaller and not as fast. And, you know, maybe it, it didn't beat your body down every day the same as it would now. But, like, I can't imagine. Can't imagine. Yeah, and, and you're right about the three because I remember Fridge, the big Fridge, the refrigerator, he came in as a 300-pounder and all they the defensive like, guys were like, this guy's fat as fuck. He's over 300 pounds because they were all under it. Yeah, there's guys I played that were like 350. The two tackles for the Eagles right now, Lane Johnson, who's like 320 and built like a Greek guy. He's one of my best buddies. Like the guy, <laughs> I mean, he's built insane, dude. You you could put a plate, you could set a plate on his ass. Like it would just sit there. He's just like, he's <laughs> huge. Fucking J-Lo. Yeah, bro, bro <laughs> you're a Shakira. <laughs> he's, 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 he's stacked, bro. He's stacked. <laughs> Lane Johnson's a thick boy. And then on the other side, it's like uh, Jordan Mailata. And Jordan Mailata is 360 pounds. He's 6'8", dude. And, like, they drafted him as a rugby guy. And I remember sitting in a diner. I had just been camping, and I came out of the diner, and I'm all hungover with my buddies. And on the screen, because there was the late round of the draft was yesterday, they're like, in the Eagles draft, this fucking huge rugby player. And I'm like, well, that's not going to be fun at all in practice. Uh, and thankfully he's the nicest guy in the world. He can sing. He's been on the mass singer. Uh, but that motherfucker is huge. I played guys who were 350 pounds on the regular and the average guy, if we played a guy who was 300 pounds, I'm going to bull rush all day. Yeah. You know, like I'm getting in his chest. Yeah. So it's changed. Hey, I longer, I, I want to ask you about the whole hard knocks thing. Like, uh, did, first of all, did you ever do it? And second of all, when you watch it, is it like authentic, like, Obviously, you've been in that situation, or do you think it's kind of what's your feeling as an ex player on Hard Knocks? Because I love watching it. Yeah, I like I loved watching it when I played because it'd be funny. You'd be sitting in the hotel, like you guys know how it is. I don't know if there's like a training camp period in hockey, but we'd be holed up in this thing, and there's like no contact with the outside world. And you know, you see your family during the day, but it's nice to like sit down in your hotel bed, pack a dip. <laughs> and look and see how how the other sides live and like what else is going on out there and you know it's it's because you identify with it so much as a player there's something to it now they just changed the rule with the cuts and as a football player I'm all for it actually my old GM Joe Douglas who's in New York now is the guy who was the catalyst him and Robert Sala were like we're not cutting guys on camera and Joe used to be the Grim Reaper, the guy that we call the Grim Reaper that would come downstairs and get your iPad yeah. and the playbook back in the day. And uh, I think that had a lot to do with it. 
as a fan, I get why you want to see that that raw emotion and that drama, but you have to understand these guys aren't getting paid to do hard knocks. It's like they're going on The Bachelor and opting into this like immersive reality show. So I get that. Hard Knocks, it's got staying power. It's tremendously produced, but it's tough on the players. Like when I was a player, we dreaded having Hard Knocks, yeah. you know, uh, because I don't want cameras in the fucking locker room and your worst moments are captured. You're going to have bad moments. Yeah, it's almost dreading training camp enough, let alone yeah. you know, being on camera was, and on the bubble. If I was doing that fucking VO2 test and a camera yeah. in my face, I would have been like, get that fucking thing out of I'd me. rather have a choice out of 25 yeah, bachelorettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I I don't know if I need to be going up and you know battling this guy on the line all, yeah. all day long. It's a long <laughs> camp is a grind, man. It is yeah. a fucking grind. And even the new CBA like changed the whole thing so you don't have two a days and shit like that, but it's still a fucking grind. As you guys know, being athletes and having it, it's six weeks of that every day. Totally. Uh, Longer you team me up. Let's talk some NFL now, buddy. I, I just curious, you talked about training camp week one. You know, to me, what's it harder on? The defensive players or offensive players? Because I've noticed in week one, uh, uh, some of these defensive guys, man, as the game goes on, they're getting they're getting more gas. Like throughout your playing career and watching now, do you think it's harder on the D week one or the offensive guys trying to figure out their timing? So you make a good point. I think, you know, the, the conditioning aspect is always harder on the defense because the offense sets the tempo. I mean, you can go hurry up. I can remember playing in Tampa week one. It's like fucking 100 degrees. I'm like praying they don't go tempo. The whole week you hear, they might go tempo. It's like a fucking rumor that's going around the building. Everybody's like, oh, no, drinking as much water as possible. But, like, I do think that when it plays out on the field, it's it's the defense that has the advantage and it, it's reflected in if you're a gambler the unders i mean the unders hit at like an insane click the first couple of weeks and so like i'll go in this sunday and i'll bet like all the unders because okay. it's probably gonna be 60 percent, you know and and i think the the thing you have with that is quarterback turnover there's a lot of quarterback turnover young quarterbacks new coaches systems you know offenses are really complex and there's less time for offenses to get on the same page in today's NFL with the new CBA. You know, offensive linemen, they need a lot of time to work together. Defensive linemen, our meetings are like, all right, we could leave at 8 o'clock, but we got to play busy till 10 because we've watched the same cutups. Like, it's a lot simpler. Yeah. Uh, O-line takes a lot of prep. So there's a whole lot of reasons why I think it's the defense. But from a conditioning standpoint, you look at those Chargers and Dolphins players late in that game, I mean, they are running up and down the field. Yeah. And even the Chiefs defense with the Thursday nighter against Detroit, those boys were – I mean, yeah. I, I know that feel like – I'm, I'm sitting on the couch being like, early in the season, over. I get, yeah, I get caught in the D-zone. I'm like, oh, my God, this 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 hurts. This hurts. This has hurt <laughs> yeah. my lungs, man. I sh- no, I it's, there's no way. Roof, man. I shouldn't have went to Bonnaroo. Fuck. But there's no way to get into football shape except playing football, and that's the whole, like, balancing act of preseason is, like, how long do we want our guys out here? You're always going to be gas week one. Um, I just wanted to jump in. It, the talk of the town was was you know September 11th, and it, Rogers carrying that flag to four plays later, he's hurt. Yeah, uh, heartbreaking scenario. Tough on all fans. You know, doesn't yeah. matter who you are. It's tough to see. Your thoughts? I just want to touch on the turf because we brought up on our podcast this week about like comparing it to hockey ice, right? And like yeah. some teams have just you know it used to be really bad, but if in a hot climate, it was bad ice. And yeah. sloppy ice. Guys are prone to injuries, whether it's like along the boards or whatever. And then someone that had great ice, you just look forward to those games. Was yeah. there like, well, was there a stadium that comes out to you that like everyone should have grass like this or everyone should have turf like this? Was there a place that people can, you know, copy? And then your thoughts on just the turf, like do some guys like it because it's faster or yeah. is it? you know is it a real issue it's a mixed bag it's a mixed bag like going backwards i think like you know for instance i played with robert quinn who was like his game was top of the rush sink those cleats in i can run fucking sideways like i want that traction you know and you talk to like i'm on a show with chad johnson ocho cinco and he's funny as fuck but he's like he's like i love turf i've never been hurt my whole career and then you look it up and he really hasn't and he's like, you got to build a callus in your joints by running on it. I'm like, no, dude. Like, when I got off that shit, I needed more tortol. I needed more everything. And, you know, you feel it the next week. And I think when you look at, like, these disingenuous 
intellectually dishonest like fucking statistics that the NFL puts out like oh it's the same grass and and turf it's not because like you're not even taking into account the cumulative effect of being on turf and playing in like Detroit on concrete their their fields like this like what does that do to you next week you got all this inflammation in, in your joints you're fucking jacked up you might have another injury because of the turf and then it compounds on grass or wherever you're playing and you know on the other side of that grass can be dangerous too because like Chicago and like Pittsburgh for instance uh are like really bad surfaces it's hard for them to keep grass um and like if you watch the Steelers this week Patrick Peterson fell down his first fucking play that Ayuk hit him in the red zone and you know guys are falling down Deontay Johnson's falling down and they play there you know and for the little guys like they want to be in those fast cleats those little sprinter cleats and they hate hearing put on the right cleats because that means you got to wear like lineman cleats out there. So there's a there's definitely a gamesmanship and there's definitely an issue because it, it does shorten careers. I believe that I played on turf for eight years in St. Louis. And I think, you know, had I played on grass, I would have played another few years. I mean, I could have kept going, but part of it's because of how slow I was or how inflamed my body was. And um, when I was in free agency, I made decisions based on going to a division and a team that plays on grass. Yeah, and longer with the turf, like the the wear and tear of, of not that you were falling down a lot, but like the burns you get and stuff like that over the course of a season, that's got to wear on you as well, right? Like you just got to be like, oh yeah, this it sucks. Turf burn, man. Like let's go. Yeah, it sucks, burn. dude. It sucks. And then you'll like you get turf burn. It'll turn into MRSA. I had a, a teammate, and this wasn't the turf, but he had part of his foot amputated. Like guys, like MRSA's a hard thing to deal with and so like guys are getting these bad burns and shit and they're coming in and trying to get in the hot tub it's like what are you gonna do not get in the hot tub they wrap you in plastic like that's gonna do it um so yeah everything about it sucks in my opinion hey longer is that a conversation that you boys with the nflpa are having right you know after every year is that the boys come on and say you know this is how we feel about it like how seriously is it being taken by by the owners i guess of the nfl and, and the commissioner well the owners i don't think want to put grass into their fields is more expensive and all that stuff. And you heard David Bakhtiari talking about like, oh, the World Cup's coming. They they got grass, no problem. They mandated it. But it, And I totally hear what he's saying, but like I think soccer wants the ball to skip. I think that's why, you know, they want the pitch to be slippery. And so, um, you know, like in football, these owners, they don't want to fork over the money. So you ask these coaches about it after the game. Like you ask Robert Sala, what's he going to say? Like, you know, what do you should put turf in? or grass in. I mean, um, you know, I do think the owners are hesitant and I think they pinch every penny. But when you look at it from a standpoint of business, Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be on primetime TV fucking five times this year. Yeah. Now what Now what do you got? So like, you know, put the, I, I know New York might be a bad example. There's two teams that play up there, but put the turf, you know, to the side here. It's not the most important bargaining chip. And I do think next CBA, there will be something about this. Daniel Jones wants grass too because he doesn't want those little black pebbles all over his foot. Every time he got dude. fucking shocked, I'm like, "That's a tough look, man. That's a tough dude, look." Cut Cutler told me. Cutler told me they outlawed the pebble the pebbles in uh, in the Netherlands because they cause cancer. And I remember I used to fucking do snot rockets like the next day, and there'd be like a black pebble that would come out, dude. Because you're like your face is in it. You're like hitting the ground hard, and it's kicking up off people's cleats and into your face. Um, it's bad. It's just bad news. People in the Netherlands are they're looking up some fascinating stuff. Yeah, I mean, I thought that I was like, you got to get rid of these little rubber pebbles or whatever. I, they can't be good for anything. Hey, so so speaking from a guy that's one with the importance of having two quarterbacks, uh, you guys in Philly when when uh, yeah you know, Wentz went down, uh, what do you think the Jets do? Is it something you think they address right away? Is it something you give this kid you know another good look because he's you know he learned from a Rod now for a few months, but. What do you think they address, and who do you think it'll be? Well, one, I think that as a player, I think that, and this can cloud my judgment as an analyst, but, like, that's a great team, man. They deserve – I picked them to win the Super Bowl. They deserve a chance to to compete for that thing. It's like it's easy as an owner or a GM to say, oh, not this year. But these guys are out there, you know, shortening their lifespans, man. Like, it's hard in football to punt. You know, in basketball, you want to tank, all that stuff. It's so hard in basketball – it's so easy in basketball. They have like mechanisms to keep you from tanking, like the playing game and shit. But like in football, there's nothing. So yeah, it's it's um 
it's tough, man. Um, what was the fucking question there? Albert? Just who do you think they get? Like you yeah. got you guys had you know Big Dick Nick come in and win the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> they talked about. Oh, who do they who do they get? Who, who do they get? I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who, like they get. So I'm so if if it was me, <laughs> you don't want to ruin Zach Wilson's confidence and bring in Nick Foles. You know, by and by that I mean you just alluded to it. You don't want to be in the shower with Nick Foles and then go out there and feel him. <laughs> But like I, I think, swagger, fuck. I think they got to go get somebody, man. Like, and I don't think they're going to do it right now because it's kind of bad optics if you're like the Vikings, who I don't think are very good, to dunk Kirk Cousins right now because like it's week one, week two. But I think as you get closer to the deadline and you get a little bit more of Zach Wilson, and you see like, hey, if we're three and four at the break, like we need to go get somebody. And um, you know, if you look at the cap numbers. I threw out Matt Stafford because he's worth like one five in base salary, but his his contract's enormous after this year. So probably not Matt. And some Rams fans think, hey, we're we're trying to win the Super Bowl. Good luck. Uh, but like you know, Kirk Cousins costs like eight eight and a half. Don't He'd be a great that. guy, and he's he's like he's like up this year. So you could go you could go trade for him, and then after that, deal with it because Aaron Rodgers next year is going to make a bunch of money if he wants to come back. He's going to come back. So, in my opinion, you make a move, but they probably don't make it in the next three weeks, I don't think. Fucking staff laid it to me. I took the Seahawks longer, and the staff just put it right to me, bro. I don't oh, buddy. Staff, they put it right to me, dude. Buddy, I, I I had a little money line parlay with those jokers, <laughs> and they get, didn't get off the bus. So That's what I get for betting on Geno Smith longer. That's yeah. what I get for betting on Geno Smith. <laughs> I, the, they lost their tackles, and they had a terrible game plan. I think... I think uh, the Rams are not as good as they looked. I need Cousins to stay in mini because I picked Jefferson first overall in our fantasy. So I need. Oh, I, I, I think he's getting buckets no matter what. Okay, good. Don't worry. Yeah, if you're yeah. throwing to Jefferson, he's going to catch the fucking <laughs> thing. Hey, hey I longer, I want, I want to stay with the Jets, less than the Jets, and, and maybe I drank the Kool Aid on a hard knocks or, or whatever. And I, I was with you. I'm like, when, when Rodgers came out there, like up, you said, with the flag. And, and just as a football fan and, and everything, I was, I was fired up. But like, I kept hearing about their offensive line, bro. Their offensive line's weak. Their offensive line's weak. And I know it was a freak accident, but if you're a GM of this team and you bring Rodgers in, I get it. You got to have weapons around him. But is the offensive line not one of the things that you got to sure up before you bring in a 40 year old quarterback? So, two things. Like, first, I, you know, and, and I was the same as you, where I'm like, you know, there are tackles out there. One of them is David Bakhtiari, who's like his best buddy, who, who can be had. There's plenty. But, I do think they like who they have. Makai Becton had a good camp, and quite frankly, he played well the other night. His issue has been durability. Dwayne Brown is serviceable, man, at this stage in his career. I'm just worried about durability. Um, you know, the other night, they they go knock down protection early, and honestly, the irony is because people are killing Dwayne Brown, and at first glance, I'm like, yeah, that sucks, but that ball has got to be out, you know, uh, you got to hit the slant or whatever. It's, it's not supposed to be a, you know, a, a long down back there. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, you know, that, that happened to be ironically a freak accident when you look at it this way. Uh, but I do think they, they should shore up that part. The interior is really good. Like Elijah Vera Tucker, Tomlinson, uh, they run behind those guys. They ran a lot of you know, dive solid, which is just like, hey, doubles inside and we're just going to run the ball up your ass. Like they did that the other night a lot. And so I think the run game with Brees Hall is going to be a big thing they lean on. Yeah, that Hall's nasty. I got him on my fantasy team. He was, he's nasty. Oh, he's going to do work. Well, I, 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 offer, I offered up Derrick Henry for Hall straight up and he went, I don't want Hall. I'm like, all right, after game one. Hey, upper buddy, you might. I mean, Derrick Henry, he, he's he getting didn't old, isn't have he? as many snaps I last know. week. So. You know. uh, trade's off the table now longer. That trade's no oh, longer. Oh, it is. No, that's yeah. off the table. <laughs> that's off the table, bro. My squad's good longer. Yeah. Okay, good. I just What's need your Goddard? team name? Uh, my teammate, <laughs> Fuck Machine Hut Hut. And then I got a picture... <laughs> And then I got a picture of that Victoria's Secret game. You remember when they used to do that at the All-Stars with the, the – yeah, so it's one of those girls hutting the ball back. It's a great, oh, nice. great logo. Yeah, it's – That's good. So yeah, you guys perfect. went grown up. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to ask what Shane's is. No, I, I, mine's generic, man. I went – I took Patty Mahomes with my first overall pick, and I, I just went with Post Mahomes, and I got a picture. No, that's of, good. That's yeah, good. Post Mahomes, that's what I went with. Bed, Bath, and Bijan right here. <laughs> So yeah, hey, the <laughs> Updog's pretty good at fantasy. Longer, I, I got to be honest. He's 
He's a stingy fucking GM though, bro. Like you're trying to make a fair he, trade with him. He just wants to, if he just wants to get you by that much, right? Like he wants yeah. to say, I got him. Like he doesn't like I Jerry respect Jones. It. Jerry Jones out there. Yeah, yeah dude. Him. I respect it. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Longer, I, I want to talk to you about a guy, you know, and, and maybe you could talk to some of your coaches that impact, impacts on you, but this Dan Campbell, man, if this guy was a hockey coach, I would have gotten a shooting lane for him. I, I, I love this guy. I love his energy. I mean, his quote he had about banging his or making love to his wife and watching video i'm like this guy's unbelievable but do you know him or not? do you love him or what so so i so i love him first yeah. off like when he got hired he was talking about like biting kneecaps and people were like oh, oh. and then like the, the the oh what snuck under the radar was urban meyer getting hired the same year and nobody said dick about this guy but dan campbell's a bad guy because he's big and he's masculine he's got a square jaw like, that's what everybody was mad about. And the guy goes out, and all he does, and they were like, the players won't relate to this stuff. Fans have no idea what players will relate to. These guys will run through a wall for this guy. I know because I got guys that I know that play for him. And, you know, I got guys that I know that play with him. And that guy is like a fucking beast. And he coached under Sean Payton. You know, he's a player. He understands it. And I think what I love about him is he doesn't bullshit the guys. Like, anytime I've seen him in a huddle, in a circle after the you know training camp or whatever like he's just honest and you can tell he cares he's cried over it he's yelled over it like he's just he wears it on his sleeve and i'm so happy because they've done a really good job he's hired a lot of former players so they have like a former player kind of staff and the guys have done a really good job their run game is awesome Nasty. they're physical they scare you man they're, and dan campbell's awesome and i do know him a little bit because he came on our show and to get him on our show, what I did, because I was watching Hard Knocks, is he had, like, a big log of Copenhagen. And so we we shipped him, like, like a box of Copenhagen to the <laughs> facility. And, like, I wrote him a handwritten note. I was like, would you come on? And he was, he came on. He was like, I appreciate you. I went through the whole box. Uh, so, yeah, I know him a little bit. He's awesome. Hey, I, I'm going to send you – this is off topic, but I'm going to send you some Canada dips. They're, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of a oh, CBD yeah. chew. It, it yeah. got me off chewing. I'm not saying I wanted to quit chewing. I, I I quit. You did? I'm I'm on I'm on the Zen. I'm on the Zimbabwe. I'm, okay, I'm, uh, listen, I'm yeah, gonna, which I'm is gonna better. Send you some candy dips then, and you can try these out. It's just straight CBD. Uh, you're gonna like them. If you like the Zins, you'll like I'm these. In it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It okay. doesn't quite give okay. you the spike that. Yeah. I, I take no a Zin and I'm I'm on the floor. But yeah. these are great. Long yeah. I, yeah. You put a couple of those pillows in, man. You're wide awake. Like for me, I can't drink coffee, so I get in the morning, throw three sixes in, and I'm buzzing. And then and and, and I then before you know it, you're going through a ten a day. <laughs> Long, longer. Let me ask you about uh what big time news here in in Colorado in the in you know the college football yeah um with Deion Sanders and primetime and just his coach prime baby it's like personal I get to watch these these motivational speeches and in hockey you kind of get them but you don't you play 82 games like you're not you know it's like okay yeah I don't need to be spiced up that much tonight coach like you know but this guy <laughs> seems to get these boys like you're like, coach, I got a broad lined up after the game. I'm all good to go here. Don't worry. I'm going to give everything yeah. up. <laughs> Don't worry. There's no incentive. So speak for that guy over there. It doesn't look like he's you got anything. You guys are line. so chill, though. You guys are chill. I can't yeah. imagine there being a lot of yelling. It's like, oh, let's go get him. Yeah. Longer. You know, like you guys put a ER at the end of everybody's name. Like, like we're in New York you guys today. Got your swag. Yeah, we're in New York tonight. You think I need a motivational yeah. speech to get Huffy's up for this one? Going, going, boys. Don't worry about up talk. No, but like, have you yeah. have you met this guy? And, and, and if so, like, just... What is it about this guy that, you know, his his passion and his, like, you know, the the way he speaks, right? Like, he's a very confident guy, but now he's got, you know, these kids that he wants to bring up as men and teach them the right way. And he's kind of got this aura about him that everyone's following, and it's it's the talk of the town. Just your, your thoughts. Yeah, um, I love it. You know, it's um, players, it's former players, like, taking back a place at the table in college football. Like, it's a changing uh kind of you know atmosphere for guys they're making money the nil thing's real and the transfer portal is real and you can see it like clemson doesn't do it as much anymore and or you know doesn't do it at all with Dabo. like he's he's like i'm sticking to my guns well that's fine the landscape is totally changing and you know colorado is probably not a recruiting hotbed boulder's a beautiful town but it's not like a place that people are flocking to to play college football and they weren't a great program so when Dion got hired, it's really the, it's like the cheat code to get to the next level. You, you know, like uh, you bring in all those transfers, uh, his son, Shadour is awesome, Travis Hunter. And I love 
the you know the element of like hey we don't give a fuck what you think we're gonna say what's on our minds like Shadur Sanders is like I'm not afraid of you know big time college football because I don't look at the name on the jersey and people are like ooh he's you know he needs humble pie I'm like it's he's a fucking competitor um oh he doesn't like Matt Rule disrespecting his dad people are like you know like lock it up nah it's like this kid's a fucking grown man I mean, these guys are getting paid this professional football on on, on a level yeah. and uh and this week they're playing again and the colorado state coach takes a, sh a shot at dion uh for his sunglasses and shit and there's gonna be another spicy post-game interview and i love it like it's kind of like wrestling you know it's like it's getting <laughs> and so and they're a good team you know i yeah. think they're gonna have tougher tests the next two weeks usc and oregon and you know, there's Oregon State's looming, and so you know it's fun right now. Speaking of rest, speaking of wrestling, Vince McMahon finally handed the keys over. It's no longer the WWF or WWE is no longer run by Vince McMahon now because it really went, it went public What's yesterday. Forty five years, changed years. Public, yeah, since the early. Who's 80s. taking it over? Well, they started that company called Endeavor. No, yeah. it's it's sold to the W WME or in Endeavor. Okay, bought it. Yeah. I lie. I went to one last year, and I was like, "What have I been missing, bro?" Like, I know it's not real, but I'll be damned. I'm into this, dude. I heard, I heard, I heard Hogan on on Rogan a couple weeks ago, probably a month, two months ago now, and just talking about their schedule. As we all, when I mean, you talk about schedule, but but these wrestlers, as you would say, wrestlers. I mean, yeah. they, jump, they jump in the van, drive to the fucking next city, you know, get after it, do it the next day. Like these guys were savages. They're real athletes, man, yeah. and they're like endurance athletes because that, I mean, football is hard on your body. Wrestling's hard on your body, too. I mean, these guys are – James Laronitis, a guy I played with, his dad was the Road Warrior or Animal Jr. Or Animal, the Animal from Road Warrior, yeah. and they called James Animal Jr. But uh, he was beat up, man. Like, you, you just you used to see it, like, just him walking around, and I'm like, this thing's it's not real, but it's kind of real. Totally. And you, Hogan, much like us, like – as every era goes on, Hogan's like, the rings now are sick. He's like, back when we went, the rings were like this. The turnbuckle pads were like, back in my were day, like, it like Yeah, fighting. Hopefully, I didn't saw Cialis the night before. <laughs> the panel's tight. <laughs> you're wrestling with a guy, you're like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> Supposedly, <laughs> like, some, some guys, boulders out there. <laughs> dude, guys like Bart Scott, who played for the Jets, was like, oh, I used to take Viagra before the game. I didn't know it. There were guys taking Viagra before the game because it's cold out there. Supposedly, it's like, it helps your blood yeah, flow. I mean, I know to the fingers, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this guy won. This guy won. Yeah. But he was there for the after for after the game, not sure the game won. Did you take it in like this at the end of the second period? Oh, I just sure. microdose. You just want to microdose everything, you know? It's just not a bad thing. He's like, I'm sure. What do you put in your water bottle? He's like, that's ah, Viagra, boys. It's like she'll kick in right by the time the plane lean plane. We need to we need to get to, we need to get together and do a different kind of microdosing, maybe above oh, the microdosing limit. By the way, okay. I, I, do you want to go football still? I just wanted to Whatever ask. you want. Because longer, like, so, you know, you've been retired now three years, right? Four years, maybe? Yeah, it's Six, four, yeah. To me. Yeah. Like, the daily life for you, and I wanted to know, I, I see you're, you know, a big family guy. You're fishing. You're out hunting. You're out, you know, camping. Yeah, well, what's that daily life like for you? I know you're hardworking in the studio guy, but, you know, and come Sundays, you're probably sitting there ready to watch some football. That's work. But yeah. what's the daily life for you back in, uh, back out east there? In the fall, it's like a living hell a little bit because, you know, it's like in the off season, it's easier in a way because we do two pods uh, and, you know, like we bullshit a lot. We do whatever. But it's also like the topics aren't served up to you. So it's a little tougher in the off season. But in a lot of ways, the off season, I make my schedule. Um, but then the season starts and, you know, Monday – I'm up doing our two-hour show, which we're going to do live this year, um, and I'm doing it with Kyle and you know some of my other buddies, and that's two hours in the morning, and that takes like last last Sunday I was up till four a.m. I slept in the studio just to watch all the games. Like to talk about all of those games, you have to really be watching a lot of film, and then we'll do a guest later in the afternoon. Then I go Monday night football. I got another thing to shoot after that. Tuesday morning, wake up, go to Philly to do inside the NFL. Come back for our softball games because that's important. You can't miss that, man. We can't miss the softball. Yeah, games, and, and yeah, and then we fit we finish our pod for Wednesday, and then I, yeah, I'm doing a little boxing. So like, I'm doing some boxing on like Wednesdays or Fridays, and then Thursday we do another show, and Sunday you're just locked down. So. You know, by Wednesday, I'm, like, fried. The weekend basically starts for me Thursday afternoon, like, after we wrap, like, I'm done. And it's fun because I can really, like, take the kids to school, 
you know, be, be around a lot. Um, I think the hardest thing is like when you get done, as you know, you want to fill your time, but you don't want to, you don't want to be too busy. You don't want to burn out. You know, like, yeah. And I did that. Like my first couple of years getting this thing off the ground, it was like, I, I was working dumb. I wasn't working smart. And, uh, there were a couple points over the last four years that I was like, you gotta like look in the mirror because you're taken away from the thing you, you said you wanted to retire for, you know, you wanted to be around your kids and you want to be, and this job like has challenged me in that way to be like, find some balance. Cause I think that's the biggest thing in retirement because you can't do nothing. Yeah. You lose your fucking mind. Totally. Um, and, and if you, and if you, and if you're too busy, you'll lose your mind too. So I'm trying to find that balance. Longer, how cool is it for you? You know, one thing I love about this is I get to spend some time with the updog, me and him in the studio. We get to go on the fellow tours, but you got your bro Kyle involved now, and I've seen some cool clips with you and him breaking it down. First of all, he's a fucking monster, huh? Like, he's a monster. I thought you were a monster, but he's a monster. I'm a mere mortal. He got, he. But how I got cool a lot of the, uh, like, the big jeans. Obviously, your dad's a legend. The Long family is a legend when it comes. But how cool is it just breaking it down with your bro and talking football, what you guys are passionate about and love? It's great because, like, I just talked about it. Like, that transition's hard. So, like, I want to be there for my brother if I can and give him, you know, something to do, too. He's doing CBS on the weekends. But, like, you know, I know the week can be – it can be long. Like, you're like, what am I doing? And so I was like, Kyle, come in, join up with us. Like, uh, you don't have to work too, too much. Uh, and we'll pay you and all that stuff. It's great. Like, uh, and for the most part, being his boss is easy. I mean, he's just – when he comes in the building – He's just all smiles and giggles. And like, actually most times I have to on Monday morning be like, Hey, can you put him in a different room? Because I'm studying. (laughs) Like he just, he's, he's so high energy. So I love having him in and he brings a different element to the show where he's kind of like, you know, he knows the O-line play. He knows the offensive concepts and it's O-line, D-line. It's a lot of fun. We have, we have a good time. Longer, I wanted to talk to you. You talked about changing numbers, I think, this week on, on Greenlight. And, and I took Jacobs yeah. I took Jacobs uh, as a high pick for me as a running back. And then I'm, I'm, I'm checking out the Greenlight social media. He changes his fucking number. Kind of like, kind of legs, lays an egg week one. Uh, do I have something to worry about here with Jacobs, bro? I, I'm starting to get a little concerned. And now the number change. Is he going to be all right? No, I think he's going to be fine. The number <laughs> change is off-putting, though. It's not a great single-digit number. No. There's a whole way of going about choosing the number. He didn't. Anyways, I, I, I think he's going to be fine, but I don't like the number, no. And there's a couple other ones that didn't look great either. I mean, like, it's like all of a sudden, because you could, people had to do it. And last year I was like, you look weird, bud. Dude, you look fucking what, weird. Correct me if I'm wrong. Jacobs, was was he not top? He was definitely top five in rushing last year. Why would you change yep. the number after you have a monster year like that? Who, I, I don't get it, man. I feel like there's always some reason. And again, it's because you can, right? Like, yeah. it's like, uh, it's it's like, hey, they changed the rule. And then you'll you'll like roast somebody's number, and they'll be like, "Oh, well, it's because uh, my cousin was in a bus crash. The bus fell off a cliff." And you're like, "Oh, fuck!" Like, you know, fuck, I, can't I, can't really you. Yeah, I can't really rip you. Yeah, I can't really rip you. I can't really rip you about that. So I'm like real careful. I'm like, I'm not aesthetically into the number. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> but... No, but longer in hockey. So when you show up to train camp, unless you're a fucking first rounder like this guy. Um, when you come, oh. to, when you come to training camp, they give you a, a number much like this, sixty-nine. My oh, first forty-seven. My first training camp number was seventy-four. That's where I was in the depth chart. So, these kids will come in, they'll wear these training camp numbers, they'll light it up, they'll make the league, and then they'll change their number. And dude, I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out. You like just stick with the training camp number. You lit it up last year. Like I was a first rounder, and I had seventy-two. It was just a <laughs> fucked up situation. Like I walked in, and everybody had the cool numbers, and they were all like grown men. And you know, so I had to pick this ugly ass number. And by year three, I wanted out of that thing so bad. We had a stud named Leonard Little, and he was ninety-one, and that was my college number. And he was my boy, and I was never going to ask. Eventually he retired. He's like, it's yours, little bro. And I was like, all right, cool. And I called the head coach and I'm like, hey, coach, LL's retiring, as you know. Like, can I get 91? He's like, you know, I'm kind of wondering if maybe Leonard wants to come out of retirement at some point this year. So I think you're going to have to wait another year. I changed it. I got some shit from the fans, but thank God, because 72 was ugly. Dude, I got you. I got you here in the seventy-two. I like you in the ninety-five in the Pats jersey. The, the, the tatters, yeah. your yeah, tatters match the tatters. uniform too, and you got the fucking flow going. Yeah, I mean, I like. Yeah, you in the I had the mullet, buddy. I like you in the ninety-five. Yeah. I had that Joe Dirt mullet. There was like a meme on the internet that was like, 
it was me my first year and I had this like fucked up 2007 haircut and like I was in I had been inside all day and it was like dead of winter and I looked like powder from the movie powder I looked like really bad and I'm just <laughs> cheesing I'm like my teeth are all fucked up and uh then they got my picture in New England and it looks like I climbed off a John boat in like in like Louisiana and my face is all weathered and people are like Chris Long has seen some shit and it, it it absolutely turned out to be true, man. But I loved having the mullet. I love having the flow out of the back of the uh, the helmet. Yeah, that's 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 National League as we call it. Longer is there? Uh, I'm Bill's mafia guy. I'm I drafted Josh Allen second overall. Is there? That was a terrible outing on on Monday night. Obviously, the circumstances with Rogers and all that stuff. But is there anything to worry about in Buffalo right now? And is the, yes, uh, is the dig <laughs> is the digs Allen? Is there a feud there? Is that fixable? Do you think, or is it still lingering since last year? What, what are your thoughts? So I can't speak to the feud because you know you hear things and you know you'll text a buddy and they'll be like, oh, it's it's actually not this. It's him and the coordinator or whatever. Um, and I'm not saying I know it's him and Ken Dorsey, but there were some things with him and Ken Dorsey. Like, I think in general, the sense I got was like, you know, there, there was some reluctancy to do some of the things he was doing from a scheme standpoint there. Having said that, I think the biggest problem is like Josh has to, has to learn how to play at different speeds. Like in that game, when, when Aaron Rodgers goes out, you have to change your speed. You have to pump the brakes a little bit. His three picks, I mean, you know, he's forcing the ball into double coverage. On the second one, they're up a touchdown. They have a chance to go up 10 against the Jets in the third quarter. That's the game, yeah. right? And so instead of taking the check down and getting to third and seven, he's just punting the ball. And, you know, like he's got to be able to to turn it down a little bit. Having said that, I don't love their scheme. You know, I think Dable was amazing. I don't know. The creativity in the pass game is like – it's either a deep shot or something quick, and uh, and I'd like to see them work the middle of the field, the intermediate stuff. Yeah. Hey, Lauder, you were talking about taking the under in the, in the first couple of weeks. We have a segment here at Mr. Crew. If you're not a segment, a t-shirt says "Take the over in hockey now" because there's goals everywhere. I know it's yeah. week one, but the Miami Dolphins, bro, is it safe to say to our listeners here, Mr. Curfew, that the over might be a good bet as as Tua and Tyreek move forward here because. That was fucking some poetry there. I, 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 that's I, what Vegas wants you to think, man. I think this weekend might be an under game, but okay. but that's just because like New England's defense so stingy, and they have such a good scheme kind of uh, adaptability to be able to like, hey, we got some guys who can cover, we got guys who can rush. Tua was clean last week, and I think he did a great job. I'm not taking anything away from it. I mean, his fourth quarter was the best quarter of football I saw from a quarterback in the league on week one, but. You know, New England is a different beast. You know, you, you you couldn't get home. You have two tackles who are kind of like, eh, in Miami, and they played really well. And when you got Bosa and Mack, but not really a lot inside, Tua was clean the whole day. I think New England dials it up, and uh, it's, it's a different kind of matchup. But the Dolphins are so hard to stop because they create space. I mean, the slant to Waddle the other day went for like 40 yards, yeah. seven-yard route. Um, and you know, linebackers have no shot. You got to have really good linebackers and coverage to be able to hang with them. Like a San Francisco, that's a hard day for them. The Niners looked good. I know it's week yeah. one and Kenny Pickett's a second year quarterback, but I mean, they went into fucking Heinz Field and laid the whoop down. Hey, I got to ask you about the Patriots. You played for this guy, you won a Super Bowl with him. Bill Belichick being single to me is not great for a player, right? You're like, oh my God, Bill, Bill single. He's single. I got boys. something for you. Yeah. I got something for you. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. The last time he was he was newly single, they went 17 and 0. Wow. Uh yeah. So I think maybe like him being single, he can really like he's he's already 110% football, but maybe he needs to get to 112 or he gets pissed off and he dials up, you know, really pissed off blitzes when he's but uh, I, I think you, I think it could be a good year, man. Yeah. Bachelor Bill. Well, I think as long as he's getting laid. Yeah, I know that's the thing. If, if I'm in the Pat's dressing room, I'm like boys, we can't lose two in a row here. Bill's not getting laid anymore. Where are you going to come in? You're fucking yeah. lighting us up. Yeah, light us up. <laughs> but I think he's so interested in football. I don't think any of his guys can imagine him having interest. <laughs> yeah, even that oh, interest Lord. outside of. I, I had football. some, I had some coaches like that. I'm like, no way, this guy's getting laid ever. He's just going home watching film on it. I had a coach. I had a coach who will go unnamed, and I've had yeah. 56 of them. Uh, but one of my coaches, and he wasn't necessarily a head coach, 
he was in a staff meeting and they were like, it's 11 o'clock coach. We should go home. And he said, I'm not going home. My wife will try to have sex with me. <laughs> I'm like, Come what, on, man. what's wrong with you Come guys? On, man. They just, they just don't have lives. Yeah. Longer, I'm going to give you my two that I think are fucking locks this week. And, and I know we're boys, but I want your honesty, brother. I, I got give you honesty. I think Buff, I think Buff rolls the Raiders at home. Yes. And I think the Cowboys maybe knock Zach Wilson out of the game against the Jets. I think they roll the Jets too. So so this is interesting. I gave out locks this week uh, and I went three and oh week one. So maybe fade me now. Yeah. But I had uh I had I had Bills rolling because I think like Vegas knows what they're doing. Oh, it's a lot of points. The Bills lost. The Raiders might be good. They're not good. Yeah. Bills roll. Okay. I gave out the Jets at nine and a half. Because I think in the run game, there's something there. And defense is good enough. Dallas blows people out and then they do some bullshit like the next week. And so like, I think that's another situation where they're like, the public's going to be on Dallas. No way Zach Wilson gets it done. I don't know. Maybe they could win the game. I don't know. This could be bad for anybody. It's like, maybe I'll listen to Greenlight and then they get their ass kicked. No, uh, they're listen, they're, if they're listening to this podcast, they've lost lots of bets, brother. All right. I lost <laughs> yeah. like 16 straight last year. Oh, I, I, we've all had those yeah. days. And then I can't remember what the third one I gave out. What was the other one you said? I I said we, we covered the Bills. We said the Cowboys. I got a Monday nighter. You got the Patriots minus Oh, three. I had the Eagles. Eagle. I, got the I Eagles. like the birds tonight, too. I like the birds tonight. I got the Eagles. I think you could look hard at the Chargers uh, now that it's two and a half. Um, man, the unders, just bet as many as you can, like especially in the games that you're like, that number looks low. Like it was 38 and a half. Washington and like. Up dog, dog, retired. Up dog, he's like, I'm done gambling after like, week one. I was like, this. Fuck yeah. I know. He's back. Fucking hit my, kid, I hit my bookie with a seven iron if I keep it up. Hey, longer. Can I, 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 <laughs> I like the Browns Monday night. Steelers, yeah, Browns. The Browns are good. Man. They they just it's, ran over but the, the Bengals. But the Browns always beat the Bengals yeah. out. Joe's one in five. Yeah, it's a bad player. matchup. The Bengals always play bad to start the year. Pittsburgh, better than you think, maybe. And I think like okay. they want you to look at that line and say, hey, it's not that many points. Longer, like I catch myself betting money lines and football favorites. Is, is that just absolutely stupid? Like, or, or, or like, <laughs> is that stupid or what, bro? Is that stupid? I used to... I used to, I got an alter ego, Chase Long. And sometimes when I get into chase mode, like especially my first couple years out, I would just angrily hammer like a money line. And it was always a 4 p.m. or a night game because you're down. Yeah. So I can remember like one time I was down like big. I was down like a car. And uh, and then and then Brady's playing the, uh, the, 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 the Saints. And, you know, like the Saints had his number. And I wish I had gotten the memo. But like they scored like six points. They lost like nine, six. And I can remember going out to my car, shutting the door at one in the morning after we shot our show and just screaming at the top of my lungs as loud as I could for as long as it took to get it out of my system. You know, the mornings you wake up after you lose a bunch of money. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's like it takes you a second when you wake up and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I do? You're scared, oh, my you're Monday, scared to look at your account. You're like, I know this is going to be ugly. And then you're like, Oh, it's worse than I thought she was. There was something that I fucked up last night. <laughs> what was it? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I also, bad one, the Bears have lost 11 straight. The last game that they won, trivia, would be October 24th of last year against the Patriots, and I bet the Patriots money line big. So I found the one <laughs> wrong day to bet somebody who's playing the Bears. So I have those those streaks, too. And my my method behind it is like to take the points right out of it, right? Because you know, at the end of the game, who knows a, a, a play here or play there or a, an interception, pick six or something. Like, take the points out of it. But some of these money lines, bro, are like minus six hundred and stuff like that. Like, it's just well, like, it's mathematically not sustainable. I mean, like if you do it every game, you're gonna lose your ass. Like, so the way you got to think about it is like, if I can't scale this bet, maybe it's not a good bet. You know, I was a big teaser guy for a while. I still am. Loops loves love te- Loops loves teasing it. Loops loves <laughs> teasing it. He loves Packers awesome. in the over. That's he teases it. I think he's bet Packers in the over every game for about twelve years. Tell him I said keep it up. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Packers. I mean, I, I love teasers. Yeah, hey, all long- that for a reason. Hey, long- yeah, exactly. Hey, long- longer, I kind of like the Broncos at home against the uh, at the Commanders at minus three. How do you feel about that at mile high, fella? 
Oh, I like it. I mean, I'm probably not going to touch that game. No. One, I can't watch it. There's no way I'm going to pay attention to that game in real time. Yeah, yeah. But also, also like, yeah, this is the type of game you, you're like, oh, I got the Broncos. You look up at the third quarter, it's 9-6, and you're like, oh, my God, I got to change this channel. <laughs> I'm not doing that one. I like the under there, though. You like, the, like under? the under? All right. Yeah, it's like 39. Hey, uh, we've we've got to know Sean Payton a little bit over the years through our boy John Cooper, the coach of the Lightning. I love I love Payton, great guy. How do you think it's going to unfold? So, you know, we're taught like, are they going to get it going or what? I mean, I hate Russell Wilson. You have to comment on that, but I just think he's such a pussy. But <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to figure. Sean kind of said that without saying it. He yeah. was like, "You got to stop with this like kissing babies. You need to walk around and punch some babies." He was joking, like uh, <laughs> maybe think of it. You know the scene in the campaign, which is a great. Oh, movie. I love that movie. Uh, it's such a good movie. Love that. Movie. But uh, but like. Uh, you know, I think Sean's a great coach. He also had a lot better personnel at times. And uh, we had Mickey Loomis on the GM for the Saints. I absolutely love the guy. I mean, just he was awesome. And if you look at his track record in New Orleans, like Sean gets a lot of credit, but all they do is draft great players. And, uh, you know, he brought like a power kind of scheme with him, like in like guys like McGlinchey, who he brought in. They're going to want to pound the rock. He loves his tight ends. But Russ has got a, Russ has got to buy into the system, you know, and and I didn't get a chance to look as closely as I'd like to at the passing game from Sunday, but I also thought Russ did a good job in preseason of hitting the check down. Like, you know, so the process of buying in has started and they got a good running back in Javante Williams and a good defense, uh, but it's a tough division and it's going to take longer than you think. And that contract is brutal. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's a brutal contract. So taking the job, like the only guy who would take a job like that and and feel really good about it is like somebody established, like Sean Payton, because that 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 job was kind of like, oh, fuck, I'm not sure. Yeah. You know when I knew that Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson was soft? I was at McKenna, which is a discovery project in Maui, and he's there in the gym, and he's got two big security guards with him, and I'm like, dude, you, what are you scared? Adam Sandler's gonna come over here and take you. Yeah. You don't need a security guard at McKenna. No, he's, kind of, he's so he's just gotten so famous. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, I, I can't I can't relate to being that famous. It's just hard <laughs> for me to imagine, man. You know, when I got the boys at Bonner, I got Lane Johnson and my personal security, but I don't need them. Yeah, you know, there's nobody coming up to me. Uh, so yeah, I can't imagine. But going with Bradford. That quarterback thing, you guys have been around Sam at Bonnaroo, and yeah. he's not like as famous as Russ, but like people fucking freak out. Oh, it's like true. seeing a musician, dude. It's like the same way they talk to Jim James. Yeah. Oh, I love Jim. Jimmy. Right. Jimmy. By the yeah. way, we saw him two nights at Red Yeah, Rock. we thought about your it. name came up. We were like, Longer would love the show just, right now. Oh, yeah, I missed it, it. Was... I missed it. That's what we were talking about. We got to get we got to get a show on the books for all the boys here. Dude, you would have loved it. He played Victory Dance on the Encore the first night. I looked around at Red Rocks. I'm like, Uppy. And it was a full, everybody was just like, da. It was sick. I was just, uh, I did the Willie Nelson uh, 90th birthday party thing at the Hollywood Bowl. And it's kind of got a little of the Red Rocks vibe. Not in that it's the same, but like it's like cut into the hills. And I don't know, you guys have done all yeah. the whole stuff. But when you go up top, like we had good seats. I just ended up going and walking up the hill and standing at the top because it's just you just taking the whole thing in. I love those two places, man. Yeah, they're both special. But we were supposed to catch Jimmy at Hollywood Bowl before Red Rocks and Hurricane Hillary. It was a great show. Hurricane, Hurricane Hillary. Hillary. No, Hurricane Hillary came through and they fucking canceled it on us. We had a party bus lined up. We were ready to oh. Well, they they had to play there again because somebody told they me played it was one there, of the best they, shows they heard. They played there uh, the week after Red Rocks, so they're supposed to play yeah. the week before Hurricane came through. They played there the week yeah. after. Yeah, longer. I got one more gambling question for you, brother. Before we let you go here, um, I look at this line here. I look at 49ers at the Rams minus seven and a half. To me, it says all oh, the Rams at home with the points, but no, right? That's the Niners. No, Niners. No, right? that's Niners all yeah. day. Uh, Shanahan's like. You know, he's batting 750 against McVay. I also think you got to look at things from a perspective like the 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 Rams came out and looked better than they're going to look. And that defense is fucking scary. And Seattle ran like a bunch of zone, I guess. And like Stafford's going to pick that apart. So I think it's going to be hard. And uh, I think that's another one of those lines where they want you to think, hey, home team catching more than a tut. We, yeah. we got to hammer that. They just won last week. Nah. It's yeah, not yeah. Good. see that's how I thought I'm like oh seven and a half at home with just one okay I'll take the Rams you my dog there we go you're, I'm you're, taking Niners at the under Billy Bob right here baby yeah 
Oh, so I got to bet the overs. I got to bet the overs. Yeah, Listen, yeah. I'm going to tell you what, Longer. The last 20 games of the NHL season, I'm going to text you. I'm going to text you two teams, and you're going to fucking hammer them the last 20 games of the NHL. But I'm going to need 60 games to know which two teams those are. But the last 20 games of the regular season, I'm going to tell you what two teams to jump on. Please. Last year was the Avs and Oilers. They both went like 19 or last 20 they won or something crazy. Don't tell me the secret on air, but tell me on the text too. Okay, bro. Well, you're going to delay some heat though. You're you're, gonna, hey, are you okay with a little minus heat. 390 every now and then? Are you okay heat. with that? Yeah, but I'm not a muddy line guy in hockey. You know, I, I like to. Well, you, you could know. take the puck line, but listen, you know how many times the puck line fucked me last year, you know, having to win by two? Like that's an empty netter. I'm like, come on, man. Empty netter. You kidding? An empty. Oh, that's brutal. Brutal. I'm yelling at the TV, like, shoot the fucking thing. You guys get fucked by empty netters. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Patrick Waugh skates off and you guys are like, no. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, get, get back in there. You, Yeah. And the puck line is, it obviously moves it's the dicey. odds, but it's, it's dicey. It's dicey. Okay. I got to learn. Yeah. Longer. Thank you, brother. We love you, brother. We love, love you, Love you guys, man. It's great seeing you. We got to get together. Absolutely. Absolutely.